Hey, what's up, folks? We're back at it again with Bam in the Junk, or, well, one half of Bam in the Junk. Um, we got Nigel here uh, just doing another quick recording of, of one of my stories um, with the sort of stress and pressure of uh, not just the puppy, but the uh, quarantine, everyone working from home. Um, Rajan's just sitting out for a little bit. Uh, we we all have to de-stress in our own way, so we've been playing a lot of a lot of video games and writing, drawing, doing doing the whole creative thing to kind of keep our brains moving. Um, but that added stress does make it so that we are not as prepared as we normally would be. Um, this week, we didn't really start to think about anything we wanted to talk about until I want to say Thursday or Friday, and that didn't give us ample time to come up with enough to have a conversation so i'm just kind of taking the reins here to make sure that we have something for this week and uh i figured reading one of my stories um might be a good way to fill out the podcast um the uh for those of you that don't know um in september of last year i self-published a book of short stories that i had written in college um Rajan did all of the artwork for the for the book, including the the cover and illustrations for every one of the stories. I want to say there's eight, seven or eight stories in the book, um, ranging anywhere from a couple pages long to twenty plus, um, and the stories go anywhere from uh, neurotic ramblings of seemingly a mad madman like myself, um, or uh, going all the way up to sci-fi, fantasy, uh, slice of life stuff. Um, the story that I wanted to read today is called Waiting. It is a slice of life story. Um, the best way I can describe it is a person that goes to waiting rooms and has conversations with people that are waiting that are alone, um, that don't seem to have anyone to talk to. Um, and that's, uh, that's pretty much all I'll give you for now. If that sounds interesting, keep on listening. We'll get right into it in a couple minutes here um and if not then you know you can end it right here and you won't miss much um but before i get into that uh like i like i'm gonna go over how, how we usually do how I, how my week went um this past week uh it was my first week of working from home and it was a little bit weird to adjust to we uh we got set up so that i am taking all the phone calls for the the college that i work for um, that are IT related. They're all coming right to me and I'm dispersing them as I see fit, uh, helping out those that I can. Um, and that's not really what I usually do. Usually a problem would come to me, I would figure it out and just take care of it. But since I'm working from home, I, there's not a lot I can do outside of sending them a link that can send them to the right uh, instructions that they need to set something up. Um, but I, like I said, I'm adjusting. Um, it is a interesting experience it's definitely something to to write home about you know this is something that i'm going to be remembering for years um luckily everyone in the house has stayed happy and healthy uh no one has gotten the coronavirus everyone is practicing social distancing i'm probably the worst offender because um i keep having to go out and buy things that we are running out of uh like we just had to buy a new kettle so you know run to target because who who can live without a, a an electric kettle? You know, not certainly not us. We drink a lot of hot chocolate, uh, drink a lot of tea, sometimes instant coffee. But you know, when our electric kettle broke, we kind of we we needed something to uh, to replace that. So off to Target we went. Um, Rajan, the the, uh, the character that he is, you know, 
coughing up a storm whenever he can just to freak out all the other white ladies that are walking around. But uh, on top of that, you know, I, I go out to a restaurant to pick up lunch, dinner, or something like that. And uh, like I said, I'm the worst offender, but so far we're doing okay. We haven't spread it to anything. Um, the whole house has, uh, has gone without you know actual coughs um any sneezes or anything seem to just be allergy related but that's besides the point um with all of us working from home i think a lot of us are starting to get a little stir crazy we're starting to isolate ourselves within the house um for instance i spent most of this week inside my room and i don't didn't really make a difference um in that pattern after the weekend started because you know i've got my video games in here i've got my music i've got anime um and that's uh, just kind of what I've been doing. So that's pretty much been my week. It's just been work, anime, and uh, catching up some on some video games. Just started the Borderlands 3 DLC. Uh, nothing super special there. Sending out like music requests, or sorry, music recommendations to anyone that'll listen. Shout out to all the folks that I've told about bands this week because we're all kind of bored. So we're all sending a lot of memes. We're all sending a lot of music. We're all just kind of coming together in this time of need and uh, being distractions for pretty much everything. So without further ado, I will use this as a, as an opportunity segue to jump right into the story. So. Uh, this is waiting. Do you think kids and memes grew up with big egos? The businessman on his day off sitting across from me didn't lift his eyes from the fashion magazine he was pretending to read when I spoke to him. Or do you think they didn't realize they were famous because they were too young and grew up normal like you and me? Businessman glanced up from his Vogue, a magazine I'm pretty sure isn't even published anymore. How old is this place? He looked around the room quickly, looking for a face that wasn't there before landing on mine. Are you talking to me? What? I wonder if he gets his suit dry cleaned or washes it himself. Can a person wash a suit? Or does that ruin the business it helps him do? I was thinking I should get a suit, but now that I think about it, I don't think I can actually afford a suit, even if it, even if I could afford to buy one. My dry, clean, my dry cleaning is probably expensive. I mean, it's probably the same thing that happened to child actors, but on a way smaller scale, right? I picked at a scab on my knee. Who thought holes in jeans was a cool thing? Like, who thought the homeless guy has it going on? I should dress like him. And then here I am, falling victim to the disease of weird fashion wearing jeans that used to be a bit looser, but then I put the weight back on and feel like they feel like skinny jeans again, like being swallowed by a couple snakes. I don't really... Do I know you? Businessman looked around. Can't tell if he's nervous or irritated, though. Better poke the bear to find out. No, probably not. I don't know you, I don't think. Did you go to school around here? Uh, no? Yeah, me neither. Guess that gives us more of a chance to know each other, huh? Narrows down the options by at least one detail. What's your name? Derek Jones. A lady with a medical background called him from the doorway, leading to the main part of the doctor's office. Businessman, Derek, I guess, stood up quickly. With a huff, I think is the expression I'd use here, and walked to the lady. Bye, Derek. Lovely chatting with you. I looked around now, searching for someone else to talk to, but I was alone. So I walked out of the doctor's office, waiting room, and wandered on. I think a dentist's office is more chipper than a doctor's office. There's just a lighter vibe to this place, probably because nobody got the news they were dying from a dentist. I'm so sorry, sir. Your tooth is just too rotten and the rot crept into your brain. You have a week to live. Nah, probably not. There's also more people here, and none of them look sick. Or that sick. A couple of them look a little grimy. I wouldn't want to sit that close to them. Definitely don't want to be in their mouth. 
Those poor dentists probably go through hell every day. I don't think, excuse me, there was a little kid that was blocked by my stupid adult leg so he couldn't get to the toys in the corner. I pulled my leg in, he walked by, grabbed a book of Pokemon, and sat in the chair next to me. His mother was a hawk across the room, again watching from behind a copy of Vogue. Is it still in print? It has to be. Do you like Pokemon? The kid didn't look up from his book when he asked the question. Sometimes I pretend I'm a Squirtle. My kind of kid. Yeah, I love Pokemon. Is Squirtle your favorite? No, but I can wear a box and spit water at people, so I pretend I'm him. I want this kid to be my son. My favorite is Mewtwo. He still hadn't looked up. Hawkmom eyed me carefully and moved to the chair across from where her son and I were sitting. Squirtle didn't look up, obviously determined to be the very best. Did you know that Machamp can punch a thousand times in two seconds? He asked. Why, yes, Squirtle, I did know that. I've been playing Pokemon since before you were thought, and I caught them all while I was stuck, stuck in bed for a year. Don't bother the man, Alex. Ah, so he's not really a Squirtle. He's not bothering me. This is probably the most interesting conversation I'd had this week. Nobody talks about Pokemon with me. Everyone thinks I'm too old, even though there's no better way to pass the time when you're sick. Who's your favorite? Hawk Mom furrowed her brow a little and looked down, a little chuckle following. I don't really know anything about Pokemon. She smiled at me, though not at all that impressively. Maybe that's why she's at the dentist. Exactly. I think I just scoffed, maybe? I turned my attention back to Alex. What do you know about that one? Hawk Mom kind of pouted in my peripheral vision, I think. Alex Vesquez? That gosh darn dental hygienist interrupted our awesome conversation, inviting Alex and Hawk Mom to the back. Bye, mister. Alex said as he walked by. Bye, Alex. Saying goodbye is just about my least favorite thing. I wonder if anyone ever realizes how many doctor's offices there are in a town. They probably don't think about it, honestly. We've all got that one doctor's office that we go to no matter what, which is weird because this is an age of convenience. We all need to have everything right now. Waiting is practically a sin. I condemn all ye who shan't have information forthwith. But then, we refuse to step out of our comfort zone, even if it means driving 15 minutes in the wrong direction to go to a doctor we know instead of walking two minutes down the road from where we got hurt because, heaven forbid, we don't recognize the cheap paintings hanging on the walls. It probably has something to do with a desire to be comfortable in a state of vulnerability, and when we're hurt and sick, we're totally vulnerable, practically defenseless. Turtles rolled over on our backs, damsels strapped to the railroad tracks, that sort of thing. I hadn't realized it, but I didn't say any of this out loud. The lady sitting across from me stood up and moved away, far away, as far away as she could from me, and that made me recognize that I had been staring at this poor woman for the last 20 minutes without saying a damn word. How uncharacteristic of me. I didn't recognize the cheap paintings or any of the people or even this part of town. I sought this place out hoping I'd find someone neat, but I'm ultimately disappointed. Everybody seems to have someone here. I was nearly to the door, hand outstretched for the handle when I was stopped. Hey, you ditching your appointment? There was a smallish lady sitting in the chair closest to the door. You got here after me and you're leaving before I've gone in. I don't know if that should make me ashamed for me not for not waiting long enough, or for this place for making you wait so long. I dropped my hand. I found someone. Ha, I guess that's what I get for busting my hand without an appointment. She moved her hand up to show it off, wrapped in an ice pack and a couple socks. I sat down next to her. I don't have an appointment either. What's wrong then? Nothing. Well, I guess not nothing. I've got some things wrong. Used to have worse ones, but I wasn't here to get checked on things. I reopened the scab I'd been picking at a couple days before, mentally slapping myself because I'd been so good about not doing that again. What, you just came here for fun? I, I could kind of feel busted hand judging me. Well, kind of. More openly judging now. Any idea how many interesting people there are in waiting rooms? 
I'm seeing at least one, either interesting or crazy. She smiled. I smiled back. You're not wrong. I laugh. A little, but not too much. Can't have her thinking I'm actually crazy. Do you think anyone else in here is interesting? Probably not. Most people ain't shit. I smiled. I liked how blunt busted hand was. Probably won't want to see her again, though. She's more of a one-night stand conversationalist. One and done. This right now. You got a name? Would you believe me if I said no? Sideways glances always make things suspicious. That's why I love sending them towards strangers. So much more fun, right? I looked away. Any idea how many people just need someone to talk to? Deirdre Jackson? Mr. Labcoat called from the doorway. That's me. Nice meeting you, no name. Having fun, have fun in the waiting room. She stood up and walked away. I think she was prepared for that one-night stand conversation. She expected it as much as I did. I'll do my best, Deirdre. Good luck with your hand. The smile didn't leave my face till I was a mile down the road. Breast implants look like a jellyfish that isn't done being made, but also got made too well. One of the two ladies sitting in the waiting room of this plastic surgeon's office looked at me with her mouth in the straightest line I'd ever seen a mouth make. Her eyebrows were parallel to her mouth, obviously concerned with what I'd said, obviously the one with the imagination in the room. I mean, look at them. It's the top part of a jellyfish, but nothing else. No tentacles or tendrils or whatever you call the stringy, dangly things. So it's not done. But this top part is too solid, to too see-through. So it's like the jellyfish was made too perfect that it doesn't look real. Her expression changed very little, but her eyes looked to the ceiling and her head tilted, so she must have been thinking about it. I was done thinking about it, though. Do you think this doctor... What about the Portuguese man of war? The other lady interrupted my question, the one that wasn't parallel face. Huh? Maybe I was wrong about who was it, who the interesting one was. The other lady put her magazine down, some home improvement thing. That one doesn't look anything like what goes in a breast. Her nose is just a little too big. Thank goodness for that. I mimicked the face of someone relieved, but I was done with it. But I was done with this. Her breasts were good enough. Nose job straightened her magazine and caught I caught a glimpse of a cute den in the cover. A den. Who has a den? I think you probably have to be pretty rich to have a den. Or maybe I don't know what a den is. Do you have a den? No, but I like to read about how to spruce one up anyway. Who can afford a den? She had a pretty solid point there. You have a pretty solid point there. I don't think I can, at least, but I've never tried having a den. I feel like it's something you're born into, having a den. I definitely didn't have the level of nobility at birth to be worthy of a den. So you don't have enough money for a den, but you have enough for cosmetic surgery? Oh, the cheeky bitch. Even Parallel Face adjusted herself from how uncomfortably rude that statement came off as. Just gotta play it off, though. Nope, I don't have an appointment. Nose job eyed me like Hawk Mom did. Why are you here then? I like to talk to people. Nose job put her magazine on her lap, a little more aggressively than I would have expected. So you just go to plastic surgeon waiting rooms and talk to people for fun? Isn't that kind of sad? Don't you have anything better to do? Or is this how you get off somehow? This sudden hostility was really hitting me hard. Whatever she was aiming for, she succeeded. Honestly, no, I don't. I'm here because I enjoy doing this, and sometimes people need a little support, but I guess I came on a bad day for you, ma'am. I stood up as calmly as I could, my eyes becoming dams about to overflow. Have a nice day. Good luck with your surgery. I stepped out, walking quickly away, hoping tomorrow would have been, would have a better outcome. Well, I don't need some creep giving me support. Nose jobs seemed determined to crush my spirit. Sweetie, wait up. Parallel face had followed me out. What she said was uncalled for. She had no reason to be mean. Not to you, at least. She's just nervous about her surgery. You understand. Thanks. I do. Crooked half-smiles feel so much more genuine than wholehearted toothy grins. At least when you're sad. When I'm sad, I nodded and I turned away, walking away from where I parked my car. Tomorrow's another day, another waiting room. 
Today's a good day for a walk. I really hate this waiting room, but it's also my favorite. I don't know if that makes sense or if that's the best way to describe it, but I'm going to stick with it for right now. I'm not really comfortable sitting here, and it's impossible for me to say I'm completely okay because this place is kind of dark, but I'm here, and so are other people, and that's what matters. Kevin Bunt. The man I'd been talking to sheepishly smiled as he got up. Good luck, Kevin. You can beat this. I smiled warmly and watched him walk a thousand-mile trek. Another person, another talk. I liked Kevin. He actually talked to me about things, didn't look at me like I was crazy or pathetic. People here always like to talk once they know you aren't going to be the one that gives them bad news, I think. Maybe that's why this is my favorite waiting room. I'd talked to three people so far today, moving to a new chair with a new person nearby. The conversation's possibly a bit more calm than usual. No jellyfish, no memes. Maybe a couple memes. Hi. The seat I was sitting in was on one side of a two-sided row of chairs. Someone was speaking from the other side of the row. I turned to see a girl with the side of her head shaved, and the rest of her hair flipped over to the other side. The classic undercut. She wasn't looking at me, she was much more interested in the veins on the top of her hand, so I could see the tattoo of a laughing dog behind her ear, tongue hanging out, eyes in the shape of a lowercase n. The works. I placed my arm over the backs of the chairs and leaned on my armpit. Hello. How's your blood feel? I pointed at her hand in an angle that she could see. What are you doing here? Oh no. I'm, um... I've been here since you got here, and I've seen you talk to three people, none of them the receptionist. She looked at me. One of her eyes was greener than the other. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm curious. Something about how she spoke let me know that this was genuine curiosity, not hostility. Laughing Dog was probably going to be my favorite conversation today. It's Wednesday. So that means... On Wednesdays, I take off work and I talk to people. But why? Why are you here? Not at a coffee shop or something? She adjusted her hair unnecessarily. That's where I used to go when I wanted a date or at least a conversation. Why don't you go anymore? Look where we are right now. I don't think it's fair to do that to a person when, you know. You didn't answer me, though. She caught me in my sly attempt to avoid talking about myself. I'm here because of you. She looked concerned. I admit that sounded a little stalkery. Maybe not you specifically, but you and him, I pointed, and her, and everyone in a waiting room that's sitting there alone. Are you a writer? It's not often I'm caught off guard by a question, but I'm more confused by why I was caught off guard. That seems totally plausible. No, I just... I looked at my hands, noticing a scar from some sort of intravenous injection from a past life. Six years ago, I was where you were sitting, specifically that chair. I pointed past Laughing Dog to the chair closest to the door. They probably swapped the chairs around, so maybe not that exact chair, but never mind. I was ready to bolt. I had twice before and probably got worse for it, but I didn't have anyone to stop me. My family lives in Connecticut, and I don't think I even told them at that point. Didn't tell my friends either, so I guess that's my fault. But I cracked my knuckles and looked down. But what? Why are you here? No, no, I want to keep listening. That made me fidget a little. I don't really talk about myself. Why not? It doesn't feel right. Not when I'm doing this. It seems selfish. Well, I want to listen, so it's not selfish. She smiled so genuinely, I thought of three different ways to propose to her in that instant. I was still mildly uncomfortable with having to talk about myself, though. Okay, I didn't want the bad news, because I thought it'd kill me. It was so hard to come back that I was even worried about good news. That tumor was benign. We're thinking remission. You won't lose your hair. All of it was unjustified hope that I didn't need to be let down. Laughing Dog closed her eyes and turned, nodding slowly. When she looked back, she smiled again. 
So this means you beat it, you being here. I think I saw a tongue ring when she was talking. Yep, four years in remission. Might be down a few pieces of lung, but I was never much of a runner anyway. I laughed for about a second, but it felt wrong. Like I wasn't supposed to laugh in a place that's so full of so much serious stuff. People get told about their cancer here. How dare I laugh? And yet you're back. I feel like I'd never come around here ever again if I could help it. I hate being at the doctors, even just the waiting room. I just never want anyone to feel like they can't talk to someone. That's very noble of you, mister. That's a neat little tattoo behind your ear. Is that your only one? Erica, come on back. Another conversation inevitably struck short by a nurse doing her job. I smiled up at Erica as she stood. It was great to meet you, Erica. I really hope everything goes well. She hesitated when I said her name. You too. I'm kind of hoping I'll see you out here when I leave. I want to learn that name. She half waved and walked off to meet the nurse, looking back a little bit before the door closed. I looked over at the receptionist that had been here since before I got sick, and she was smiling like a suburban mom with a juicy piece of gossip. I think she likes you, Jack. I think you might be right, Karen. And for the first time in four years, I waited in a waiting room for someone to come back. And that's it. So that was waiting, which uh, I messed up a handful of lines while reading that because I never practice these when I'm uh, when I record these. But um, that's one of my favorite stories uh, that I ever wrote. Um, again, it was back in back in college when I wrote it. It was for a class, um, so it got refined and edited by an entire group of very talented people um, that I, I think about a lot. Uh, honestly, because they really helped me weed this down into something that didn't sound so melodramatic or over the top or anything like that. And I think that was important for, for me to learn because making something sound interesting that has a sad topic without it sounding too heavy or too aggressively sad is not the easiest, especially in a short story. Um, and my time in college really helped me refine the idea of the short story because it's very difficult to put an entire concise story into a short amount of pages. And it's so much more satisfying to do that and pull it off, which I hope I did with this story because this is, it was a lot of fun to write and it really, uh, came together for me. Um, it's to me an interesting subject and, and it, it really just it doesn't show a lot about the character other than that he was scared and he didn't want anyone else to feel that way so he just kind of takes a day off and goes and talks to people and it was something that I wanted to do myself but I have a tough time talking to people out in the world anyway so I think starting random conversations with strangers that are potentially waiting for bad news is not really something I would be able to do not to mention, I, I I just don't think that I would be the right person for that because I really haven't gone through anything myself. And having someone to talk to in that sort of situation, is it feels like someone that knows what's going on is a little bit more qualified. So, whatever. But uh, anyway, that's pretty much all I've got for today. Um, it's a short one, and I apologize for that. Uh, but I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that you'll return in a couple weeks when we've got the full cast with an actual topic that we have studied and researched for. So I will talk to you then until then enjoy your evening and, uh,
Have a great day.